minutes is before service, but just because we're pastors now, doesn't mean we won't party still. <laughs> so um, I know a lot of you guys were concerned about that. So um, we're still down to throw down. So um, let's go. Um, speaking of partying, um, uh, last week uh, we had the opportunity to hang with uh, Jacob and Alicia, Alicia. <laughs> and uh, um, it was super fun. We uh, went to the ship. If you haven't been there, you should go. Great uh, date place. Um, and then after, they're amazing planners of dates, by the way. Yeah, if you Need. if you just want to have a good time, hang out with them. <laughs> you know. So, um, but uh, we after the ship, we uh, played darts with them. And um, let me just say this: Jacob and I were throwing down. We were destroying. Alicia and Sam. He speaks tr- lies. Um, the whole establishment that we were at was just cheering Jacob and I on. They were fist bumping, chest bumping. Uh, there was some, like, people were blindfolding us. And we were still bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. Um, but, uh, you know, we had to be nice to the, to the ladies. And, you know, we let them feel like they were neck and neck. And to the point where um, it got to the point where the last person hit the bullseye wins, you know. And, um, Tiebreaker. Yeah, the, the, whoever hits the bullseye wins. And uh, Sam was trying really hard the whole the night. This and, is my first go at darts. So. Yes. And, if you uh, ever played with darts, it's very difficult. Yeah, and she went up there, and she, she got the dart, and she kind of was like, Ugh. you know, and threw it. Literally. And Jacob and I, we were ready to celebrate, and then just bullseye. The ladies won, you know, but, is, but of course, you know. This is a true story. How yeah. the events took place, that's questionable, but. Yeah, but of course, you know, Jake, it was all planned out, you know, so. Um, but uh, one thing I love about Sam is she gives her all, you know, in everything that she does, even though, even though she might not be enjoying it, you know. Uh, she, she loves everyone, and she just gives 100% the whole time, so. And I love Justin's storytelling abilities. <laughs> It's yes. very impressive. Yes. I did, I did do a bullseye, though. She did. She did and do we a bullseye. won, and we screamed. Yes. That was good. Yes. But, yeah. Anyways, so, back on topic. Um, yeah, we have a really good time, and um, we are very blessed. We have three beautiful kids, um, a dog and a kitty. <laughs> They're great. Um, but, yeah, as, um, as fortunate as we are... Um, it hasn't always been super great. And um, today we plan to share a bit of our story about the forgiveness of sins. I will admit I'm really nervous. Um, I will try not to be glued to my notes, um, but let it be a reminder that we all have stories to share, and it's really hard um, and really emotional, but God uses it for his glory. So I want this to be an encouragement to all of you. Um, Yeah, sharing your story and confessing sins, it brings it out of the darkness into light, and only then can true redemption take place. God is able to use your story and mine to share it. The enemy wants nothing more than to keep it in the dark where he can accuse you and hold you hostage of your shame and embarrassment, and I don't want any of us to have that, to give him that power. So before we get started, I thought we should define what sin is. From the New City Catechism, sin is the rejection or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him, not being or doing what he requires in his law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of of all creation. 
So yeah, it's important to understand the weight of sin, to understand the power of forgiveness. Yeah, and a little disclaimer, um, our story is not like your story. So if you've been through something similar um, and a different outcome happens, um, we're just sharing our story to show how awesome, you know, our God is. And um, we still fight like everyone else. We got into a fight yesterday. So we're not saying that we're... We haven't arrived. Yeah, we're not these perfect, you know, married couple. We still go through stuff like everyone. And um, so... Um, again, we're just showing how amazing our God is through our story. So if you have your Bibles and if you can go to Luke chapter 22, it'll also be on the screen. Um, a little context before this, uh, uh, before this moment, uh, Jesus told Peter and his disciples in the last supper that Peter would deny Jesus. And Peter being Peter, uh, said, Jesus, you're crazy. I will never deny you. I will fight for you. I will die for you. Um, I'm the best, you know. And, uh, and Jesus was like, okay, whatever, you know. And so uh, Jesus was taken away, and uh, we're at this moment. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest home. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they, they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. In this moment for Peter, life was crashing down on him. Uh, His best friend was taken away, beaten on trial. In confusion, he let his guard down. Um, The temptation of sin tends to arise in stress in our lives. And sin attacks those isolated and away from Jesus. Yeah, so um, I'll start now with our story Um, When we first started out married, um, we've been married for eight years. We were in a church job early on where we worked with someone who we really trusted, and um, he really hurt us, Um, especially Justin, because he was a mentor for him uh, in his youth. And so um, instead of working through that pain, we found ourselves looking for validation in the next job. looking for our worth in what we did and not who Jesus is. So we moved on, of course. That Band-Aid only lasted for so long until you need a new one, which is kind of a yucky metaphor, but I feel like it's really accurate. Um, We found ourselves in a similar place, not feeling fulfilled and wanting something new and fresh. So then we found the job, so we thought. Um, We felt like it checked off all the boxes and that we had arrived But unfortunately, because we weren't um, working through that with Jesus, we both grew more insecure, working to prove we were good enough to be there. Um, I was just a mom, just a mom of a one-year-old and pregnant with Ellie. Um, I felt like it wasn't enough. I needed to do more. I needed to be more. Yeah, and at the same time, I was um, being consumed with results and really affirmation, you know, where if I, if I did something at the church and it, there was no praise or like, oh, good job, Justin, I thought, oh, I failed. Like, I, di- I didn't do good enough, you know, and, um, and the next thing had to be better. So if, if something happened at church, the next event, the next great thing needed to be better than the previous thing. And so I was on the cycle of just constantly trying to be better, constantly trying to prove myself but as we all know, that is really tiring, and it eats at you, and um, really that's where destruction happens.
times. And because I was trying to prove myself, I was ignoring my family. And I was, I was not putting my family first. I was not, um, you know, trying to see if Sam was okay because she, she was struggling on her own. And, um, you know, we were, we were in a really rough, difficult place. Yeah, and <clears throat> during that time, um, I knew we needed help. Um, but anytime I had brought it up, you know, we should get therapy. Yeah, and I, I was like, no, like, we don't need therapy. Um, uh, I had this kind of mindset of I was a pastor, you know. I was, um, you know, if, we, if I admitted and went to therapy and counseling, then I was, a, I was a failed pastor. And I was, a, I was failing as a husband, too, mm-hmm. you know. And that, you know, my parents growing up went to therapy, and so I had this childhood trauma of associating that with, oh, they have a difficult marriage, so that means that we're, you know, we're on the, the wrong way of this whole marriage thing, so. Um, yeah, and then we weren't in community, and um, no one could see that we were drowning and we were struggling, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're living a lie, um, trying to keep it all together. Yeah, and, and Peter, in a similar place in Luke chapter 22, um, is in verse 56, it says, Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, looking, looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him, but Peter denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. When sin happens for the first time, we can easily dismiss it. Um, I used to do that all the time, where I would sin, I'd mess up, and I would be like, God, please forgive me. I will never do that again, you know? And, but then I'd move on. I'd move on. It, there would be no true heart transformation that was taking place. It was almost like, you know, our, um, my parents would say, hey, if you sin, you mess up, just ask God to forgive you. And that's good enough, you know? And, and he will forgive you, but there really has to be um, this, this sense of wanting to change in your life, you know? And, um, and so what ended up happening was because I was so stressed and I, there was a sense of perfection I was striving after, I ended up becoming addicted to pornography and um, I end up letting that be an escape for my life where I was so um, bound by what people thought that I needed to get away. And that's what I used as an escape. And um, I, when I would look at that, I'd be like, God, like instantly, I'd be like, God, I am so sorry. Because I knew it was wrong. You know, I knew that I shouldn't be doing that. But instantly, I'd be like, God, please forgive me. And then i just move on, you know. But there was no true heart change or really, I, I didn't really want to change. I mean, it know? was in the dark still. There was no outward confession. And, and I would never tell anyone. It was an internal struggle that I was dealing with. And so what that led to was me having an inappropriate um, relationship where I committed adultery, where it started at pornography, and then I started to form an unhealthy relationship, which then ultimately me, you know, going against our marriage vows. And all that was happening while I was trying to uphold this image. I was a pastor, and I was showing people, like, oh, our our marriage is great. You know, we're the, we're the example, you know, at this, at, at church, but little did people know that that's what I was dealing with. And so back to Luke, it says, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are, the, you are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. 
And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a galleon. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. All Peter could do in this moment was lie. He was abandoning his best friend in Jesus' darkest hour. And truthfully, in my life and situation, I was doing the same thing, where I was so stressed and consumed with myself that I was abandoning my family, and I was lying to everyone else. I was lying to the church I was working with, the people that were there, and to my family. And that's where I was. And during that time, um, there was some behavior that I noticed that was questionable, but I mean, it was um, him being defensive, um, quickly offended by things. Um, I noticed he was pushing me away from things we would often do together. We were always a team. Yeah, before, like, at a church event, I would include Sam. I'd be like, hey, you should help out. Like, we have this creative, you know, thing that, I, that you're amazing at. But what I end up doing was I would ask other people before her. In my defense, I'd be like, oh, I need to include others. But I, in, it was really probably a, um, a sense of just distancing myself from Sam. Yeah, and I'm not innocent. My um, response to to him pushing me away um, or him being offended or um, him not taking constructive criticism very well, I became annoyed and frustrated. And my response was often, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, I didn't handle it very well, but that also was proof of what was going on in my own heart. And it was a sin of a different kind. It was... Um, a sin of insecurities and um, not being united in keeping each other accountable in love, honestly. Yeah, I was not, I was not loving you. Yeah, and, and uh, back to Luke chapter 22, it says, immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went and wept bitterly. Uh, Peter was looking away from Jesus. He was denying he was sinning. But the whole time, Jesus was with Peter. And so let that be an encouragement to you guys, is when in, you're in the midst of your sin and struggle, Jesus is there with us. And he will never abandon us. And he will love us regardless, even though we choose to turn our back on him and deny him. Um, the weight of sin collapsed, Peter. And so, as I continue lying to my family, lying to my church, eventually, um, in, uh, there's this verse in Numbers where it says our sin will be found out. And my sin was eventually found out. And um, it was it was the worst day of my life. I, people say, like, when, when uh, I don't know if you heard people say, like, oh, when this bad thing happened, it was the best thing that happened to me. Yeah, there's some truth to that, but it was not good. <laughs> it was not an enjoyable day. So I don't want to pretend that when your sin does get found out and when, when, um, when, when everything comes to a crashing halt, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that it's not going to suck because <laughs> it will, and it will be awful and hurt. There will be a lot of hurt, and there will be a lot of pain. But when you let God deal with that pain and struggle and, and let him take it, then, then good things will come out of that. And so. Yeah. Um, so I found out um, the morning 
uh, a morning that Justin was at a work uh, meeting, and I knew he was going to be home um, within the hour. Uh, we only had one car, so I needed it. <laughs> um, so uh, on his way home, I just remembered um, being really angry, um, a lot of tears, and God, I don't know what to do. And uh, yeah, I just strangely enough felt the peace um, from the Holy Spirit. And Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he comforts those who are crushed in spirit. Um, I didn't even have that memorized. <laughs> and it just, it flooded my being. And um, yeah, he came home and I confronted him and um yeah and uh <laughs> when, when she confronted explain. me i wish i could stand here and say like i was strong enough to be like yeah let's get help let's tell our pastor let's make this right but my first because i was in sin and i was struggling my first reaction was let's run away let's i will resign from my church we don't have to tell anyone we can just keep it between us, and um, let's move to a different state. I'm not even from Missouri, you know. <laughs> let's go back home. Let's. In Sam was like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, because you know, I I was not in this because because sin had such a grip of me. I I I truthfully just wanted to run, you know, and that was my response. Yeah, and so him being so irrational, I can see it now, um, physically, emotionally, and he's not an emotional person. I don't know, sensitive, none of, none of that. <laughs> um, we're working on it, but um, that's kind of how I truly, I was like, okay, he's very sick, and um, God helped me recognize that quickly, rather quickly, that Justin was sick and needed healing, and as strange, it all sounds so strange. God is strange because it's so unnatural. Um, but I had a deeper love for him. I wanted to see him be well. And um, that doesn't mean I wasn't like super angry. He was furious. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just throw out there. I was. Yeah. Um, but it was this weird, like, these are the steps that we need to take. I don't care about how you feel. I know this is going to be better. Which, which is a reversal because she mentioned how, like, I'm not, uh, um, and I can be kind of not as an emotional. That's kind of my steps where I'm like, if we're in a chaotic emotional situation, I my first response yeah. is, hey, we need to do step one, two, and three. I'm the emotional one, and I'm like, let's just feel it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the Lord really gave Sam strength in that moment where she knew the steps that we had to take because in that moment I had I was I was like I am going to get fired which I did you know and I, I I'm potentially going to lose my family and um, my degree in college was theology and I'm like how am who's going to hire me as a pastor you know and, and I, I have nothing beyond this degree it's about the teaching uh, about God and so I felt really trapped and thank God that 
he gave Sam the strength in that moment to help lead us in this. And um, I will say that as with as much anger and frustration and hurt and pain I felt, um, I was always reminded that, um, and I didn't want to be reminded of the truth, but I was always reminded that we were all found guilty. And how could I not forgive when Christ has forgiven me? Um, as it says in Colossians 3, 1 through 13, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Um, so we went to confess to our pastor and publicly in front of our church asking for forgiveness and choosing to walk the road of restoration together. Um, it was evident God was working, seeing Justin transform as he received unmerited grace. Um, I knew I had to share that with a person who Justin was unfaithful with. How could I withhold something as powerful as forgiveness? So as painful and hard as it was, I was able to meet that person. And we were able to settle it together. And um, it was very healing. Yeah, and then on the flip side, um, with this person that Sam was uh, able to offer, well, she forgave me, you know, which was very freeing. And it was, um, it really set things in clarity where, man, I, 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 I just need to accept the forgiveness of the Lord. But on the other side, um, the person who I was um, sitting with, her, her husband never publicly offered that same sense of forgiveness to me. Or privately. Or, or yeah, and, and, and so there is, I do still get the sense of. And um, we understand. Yeah, yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying uh, that he should, but just so you know, the power of forgiveness is I still do have that weight on my, on my, on my life where it's like, like there's that shame that comes up and it's like, I, I did something awful. You know, I can't take that back and I, I hold it and it's, it's heavy and it's hard. And, um, and it was awesome that Sam was able to give that same sense of forgiveness to this other person that hurt her, you know? And, um, so just so you know, it, it's so powerful and liberating to forgive and offer that to people that have hurt you. God is present wherever there's brokenness, and we can find joy in our suffering, peace in our pain, and hope in our waiting. So not only was Justin's heart being transformed, but mine was as well. It definitely wasn't as easy. Um, Lots of therapy. <laughs> there was Lots really, really hard days. Um, but knowing the enemy was only after us to steal, kill, and destroy, we both chose not to sit in our grief, but to keep building our new commitment, stronger than it ever was. Um, some practical things we did was, like you mentioned, therapy. Therapy, yeah. Um, lots and lots of therapy, years of therapy. Um, we ruthlessly simplified our lives, cut out things that were a distraction, um, and we found hobbies. That was um, advice we were given, and it's been really helpful. Yeah. Outlets. And, yeah, I think we all need 
I know we all need outlets. And so um, at, before this moment, people would ask me, like, oh, what's your hobby? And I'd be like, I don't Church. know. Yeah, like, <laughs> like setting up chairs. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, um, I didn't have one. I didn't, because I was so consumed with myself, you know, and uh, I was given that advice. And, um, and it's so liberating. And it's really, there's, there's something amazing about the simplicity of just caring for something or spending hours just not thinking about the stress of life. And so that was very, um, uh, that was very powerful for me. So um, after Peter denied Jesus, um, you know, Jesus goes on the cross, he dies for our sins, and then he's resurrected. But what Peter does is he goes back to fishing. And um, he kind of goes back to what he knew, what was familiar with him. And I feel like it was because of his shame. You know, God called Peter to, to teach and, and spread the gospel. And in, he didn't do that after Jesus died. He just went back to what was familiar. He felt disqualified. He, he felt disqualified. And if don't let anything disqualify you of what God's called you to do in your life. Even sin, you know, it's, it doesn't disqualify you. Like, let, and again, I'm not perfect. I mess up. I say really stupid things all the time. I, I don't have a filter. Um, and, and, and Alex and Cassie has trusted me to be a pastor at this church. So this sin, this awful thing that I did, it, it hasn't disqualified the calling that God has given me in my life. And so um, Peter, in this situation where he feels shame and a weight in his life, goes back to fishing. And... Um, Jesus reveals himself to Peter and the disciples. And it's really cool because it's a similar story of when Jesus came to them, you know, and called them into ministry. When Jesus met them for the first time, they were fishing. And when he calls them back into ministry, he was fishing. And I really feel like that's Jesus telling Peter, hey, I haven't forgot about the thing that I gave you for your life. I, I called you way back here while you're fishing, and I'm going to repeat this in, in almost in a similar fashion. Um, and so Jesus came to them, and, and they all had breakfast. And so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him for a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him for a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. And I have to think, like, he went back to what he did. Like, he's asking me three times. I denied Jesus three times. Like, why are you doing that to me, God? Um, And he said, I do love you, God. And he said, um, you know, truly, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. This is to said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said, follow me. It's really cool because Jesus was telling Peter that you're going to die for me. You're not going to grow old. You're going you're gonna to die for me. And that is such a, such a turn in Peter's life because after what he did to Jesus by denying him, saying, you will do so great things for me, Peter, that you will die for this cause. And that had to be very powerful for Peter to receive because he's like, man, I just screwed up here, 
but now I'm going to die for this person that I just denied so much. Yeah, so I think it's important to know that um, as hard it is, as it is to forgive, it's just as hard to accept forgiveness. Those who have been guilty of sinning against a brother or a sister often walk in shame, like Peter, unable to forgive themselves. But it is so important to accept it. Receiving forgiveness is another way fi, to the cross of Jesus and what he did for us. The enemy wants you to carry your shame so Christ's, Christ's accomplished work is not being testified. I witnessed Justin for quite a season fighting through shame and guilt. And when I hear my flesh whisper, he deserves to feel that way. I'd have to remind myself that I do too. I'm just as guilty, but thanks be to God that we are all free in Christ. Ben Myers says, we believe that we stand not by our own achievements, but by the achievements of Jesus' death and resurrection. We believe that the spiritually strong and the spiritually weak are both sustained by the same forgiving grace. And lastly, I'd like to mention, it's easier to say we forgive, but not actually forgive. Like Justin had mentioned as a kid. <laughs> That's kind of what we're taught as children. As long as we say it, we're good. But true forgiveness is not just transactional, but transformational. It's supernatural, and it's not by our own strength, but by the power of Christ. Hearts truly change, and that is the gospel on display. Yeah, if the worship team can come up, we're going to close out. Um, this was a really heavy topic, and um, just so you know, like, a lot of you know me. We've known each other for a long time. This happened this four years ago, and I still struggle with sharing this story. Like, a lot of you have never heard that before. I'm not proud of this. This is not something that I enjoy talking about. But again, it is something just to show how awesome our God is and how amazing he is. And even when we're so lost and deep in sin, he's willing to pull us out and forgive us and still have us do what he called us to do. Um, I also want to uh, we, we want to extend um, an invitation. If any of you struggle and you just need someone to talk with and there's sin that maybe is hidden, one thing that was powerful for me was to get out in the open. I was forced to do it, so, um, but it still was transformational in my life where I had to go and tell people that this is what I'm struggling with. And when I was able to tell someone, that's what helped me change. And if you need someone just to talk to and say, man, this is a sin I'm struggling with. I'm dealing with pornography. I am unfaithful with my spouse. I want to punch this person in the face, you know? <laughs> like, we're, we are here and we will get coffee. You can come to our house. We will gladly be that old, like, we've been married for eight years, and now we're the old married couple, kind of. Um, but we will Never. gladly be that for people in this room. If, so if you need people to come aside you and just champion you and love you, we are there for you. So Sam's going to close out um, with these three questions. And if you could all just close your eyes. And as Sam asks you these questions, I want you to reflect on these. And really let these pierce your heart and let these challenge you. Yeah, so um, 
Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? What is keeping you from forgiving? Is there someone who you need to ask for forgiveness? And what is keeping you from confessing? How is your unforgiveness or a lack of confession in your life affecting your relationship with others and your relationship with God? listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.